0: Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 21. The Apostle Paul is praying. Let us hear Paul's prayer. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. In order that he would grant to you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit, in the inner man, in order that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and the length, the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge in order that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus as all generations forever and ever. Amen. Enough said. Paul's praying. My question is, how's yours? How's your prayers? I shared with you last week when we started in that when we look at this section, it comes out of verse 1. Verse 1, he wants to pray as a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. But then he realizes that he needs to teach again. He tells us of the unfathomable riches of Christ. But now he's back in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. For this reason comes out of the fact that we are being built together in a dwelling of God in the Spirit. The end of chapter 2. That is the reason. We are one in Christ. It is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself. The chief cornerstone. The whole building is being fit together to a holy temple of the Lord. You're no longer strangers or aliens. Fellow citizens with the saints. In our God's household. And through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. And he prays that we get it. I shared with you, it's like turning the motor on. A high-performance machine, if it's not turned on, it's not going to do anything. It just sits there. Now, you can, with much energy, push it around. But everybody's going to know that you have not turned it on. When I look at this, and I understand this, and I see there that he vows his knees before the father, and that is the acceptance that we have. What father turns their child away? God, the Father definitely is not going to. He embraces that child. He brings it in. And that child can come to the Father any time the child wants. And that's how we pray. I know people who are afraid of praying. I think everybody here, if you're asked to pray, if you've not prayed publicly, okay, there's a fear that one of these days you're going to get asked. And ask yourself why. I remember the first time I was asked, I about passed out. I was hoping that there was another Terry. But then as you spend time with him, you start realizing, you know, what if I mess up the prayer? You will. Don't even worry about that. All right? You're still in this earthen vessel. You'll mess it up. Don't worry about it. So I remember a little story about the little boy. He's getting ready to have a birthday. And he goes to his mommy and he says, Mom, or his mom asks the little boy, says, what do you want for your birthday? He says, boy, I really would like a bicycle. And the mother says, well, I suggest that you pray to God. Ask for a bicycle. The little boy says, all right. So he gets down on his knees and he goes, dear Lord, I would like a bicycle. The mother says, why are you yelling at God? Because grandma's in the other room. (laughs) How many of us go in prayer like that? You know what? I have been in this church. I actually have not been in any other church or a part of any other church. I have darkened the doors of some, but... This is the only one I've ever been a part of. One of the things that I have seen happen is that uh, there is a lacking. I believe that we need to pray more for each other. You know, we are blessed. You know, we we always, every one of us are guilty of this. I know you are. Okay? And and you show up on Sunday and you're happy. And then inevitably you go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. How many are here? But you know what a blessing that is? That means without any effort whatsoever, I can pray specifically by name for each and every one of you. I can pray for your kids. And we're small enough that if you spend a little time, I know my job is a little different than everybody else's. But I know what everybody's dealing with. So I can be specific in my supplications. But I also know one of the things that is missing is that sometimes we neglect to pray for the right stuff. Okay? We're getting ready to travel. Would you pray for me? Are you driving the plane? No, I ain't praying for you. (laughs) If you're driving the plane, I'm praying for you. Okay? When we travel. You know, I know people pray for me when I travel internationally. Okay? that's, That's fine. I'm still trying to figure out how that all works. But there are things that we pray for that if we did it based on solid theology... The other things we don't have to pray for. Why? Because the theology is solid enough that the person doesn't need divine intervention in the situation. We need to look at the Word of God and see how the men of God prayed for the people of God. And you know what? I've been doing that for about the last, since about May. Memorial weekend, I guess it was. And you know what I found? And I mean, I went all the way back to Moses and Abraham. I find that they are consumed with praying for the spiritual development, the spiritual need of the people. And I I thought about Moses. You take off out of Egypt. And you head out to the Sinai desert and you got all of them Yahoos. I don't know how he had time to do anything but pray. And then he prayed. Do you know how many times Moses had to intervene between Israel and God to stay his wrath? Why? Well, if you strike them all dead, they're not going to grow spiritually. <laughs> Listen, it is not wrong to pray for physical things. That's not what I'm saying. Give us this day our daily Buicks. No. (laughs) Our daily bread. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. I know some of you know what's going on with my eye, which is good because I don't know what's going on with it. So I share these kinds of things There's nothing wrong with this I know there was a lot of prayers offered up for Paige When she was going through her surgeries I appreciate it I saw the glory of the Lord uh, Hank Smith came up and Donna And they spent uh, big parts of the morning with me And it was, that was I, Well it was a shock Because for them to go to Sky Ridge Is an adventure <laughs> You know you, you, you see this You understand it There's nothing wrong with that But let me ask you this Okay, I'm assuming that everybody in this room has prayed at least once. Okay? Maybe I shouldn't do that, but I'm assuming it. Okay? I'm assuming that many have a pattern or a somewhat of a habit of prayer. Right? But what, when you pray, Okay. What is your preoccupation? What is the focus of your prayer? I I know, well, it's God. No, that's not what I'm asking. What is the preoccupation of your prayer? I go back as far as Abraham and cruise all the way through to the apostle John and their preoccupation was spiritual. In the Church of Jesus Christ, for years, for decades, the church seems bogged down in the physical. How fervent were our prayers when we were negotiating with the businessman downtown about taking this building and getting the money, and then we only had what 90 days to get it done. How fervent was our prayers? Listen however you want to look at it, understand this. The outer man is perishing. You can keep praying for it all day long. You know, I I listen to people wanting to pray for miracles. You know, heal them of this and heal them of this and do this. and heal. They're still going to die. It is given to man to die once. You see what I'm trying to get at? And yet we're always wanting, fix it. Fix it. I was telling the Sunday school class, you know, you we can get focused on some of this stuff and it becomes an obsession. That becomes our preoccupation. You know, I, I talked talk to my family doctor, my practitioner, and, and I said, you know, so, we well, haven't been in here in almost two years. And I was like, well, Every time I come in here, you tell me there's something wrong. And I'm usually doing really good until I come in here and then there's something wrong. Well, you just don't understand with your disease and this. And I said, Tim, why do you want to keep me alive forever? I don't want to say that long. But the church is bogged down with the physical, even though the outer man is perishing. Listen, I know that people will probably be praying for when I go to the eye doctor. Did they get it? (laughs) Well, you know what's bizarre about it? If they do get this thing fixed, then i got to go have cataract surgery. So I'm like, geez, give me a break. Okay? But let me ask you a question. You can pray for my eyes. I mean, I do make a living on my eyes. But I think we all do, don't we? But when I think about my eye and I thought about Paige's back surgery... What does either one of those have to do in light of eternity? Do you ever think about that? Listen, the issue in our prayers is not temporal. You know why? Temporal means it's temporary. the issue with our prayers, the preoccupation with our prayers should be the inner man. Should be the spirit of the individual. Why? That's eternal. Why pray for the temporal? We should pray for the glory of the eternal. Listen, I have been blessed in my ministry To be, uh, how shall I say this? I can't say surrounded. Been blessed with the presence of many, many what I call prayer warriors. There are not a lot of people that I classify as a prayer warrior. But I have got some. I have a guy in Georgia named uh, John... Hartwell, we call him, I call him John the Baptist. Uh, he's a prayer warrior. I mean, you to tell him to pray for something, he's going to bug you weekly to see if you got the answer. Uh, Hank Smith is a prayer warrior. If I ask him to pray for something, I know emphatically he's going to pray for it. And he's going to bug me. You know, what's the answer? The Apostle Paul was a prayer warrior. Let me see if I can help you with this. Because some of you pray. Some of you are probably very skilled at prayer, probably very uh, comfortable with prayer. But I want you to ask yourself about this one. Chapter 6 of this letter, verse 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view... Be on alert with all perseverance and petitions for all the saints. Did you see that? Now, what's amazing about that right there, I've already shown you a bunch of different verses all over the place where Paul prays and it's the eternals he's praying for. But in the context that he's coming out of that and he makes that statement, you know what he just dealt with? The armor of God. Breastplate of righteousness. Don't forget, the sword of truth. Feet shod with the gospel. Put that all on. Put it on. Get ready for battle. And then what? With all prayers and petitions, who do you pray? All the saints. The Apostle Paul says this. Pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in opening my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. I would say that prayer was answered. What do you think? Pray for me that I may have utterance. Pray for me. I'll be bold in the gospel. Pray for me. But I want you to pray for All of the saints. In Acts chapter 6 verse 4. It says they were devoted to prayer. That's when they made the deacons. They appointed men filled with the spirit and knowledge. To serve. So that the apostles could devote themselves to the word. And to prayer. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in the real knowledge and all discernment. See, one of the things about this prayer, like I said, this is the second prayer in Ephesians. Both of them have massive theological foundations. Alright? right, when and I shared this in Sunday school, when people are struggling with the will of God, I know what the problem is. I know what the problem is every time. One, they have not renewed their mind daily, nor are they praying without ceasing when I'm renewing my mind daily and praying without ceasing, I am plugged into what? The will of God. The will of God. Paul's prayers were on a theological foundation. That's why when he went to the Father who accepts him, he could go with boldness and confidence because he knew what his theology was. He knew who he was approaching. One of my favorite books, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. I want you to think about this because we deal with this at different times in our lives. We'll go through this. And, but I want you to understand that it's in a mode of prayer. We give thanks to God always for all of you making mention of you in our prayers. Okay? So he's praying. Got it? Constantly bearing in mind. Remember where he's at? In his prayers. Bearing in mind your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfast hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the presence of God our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved by God, His choice of you. See? We all talk about, you know, steadfast, we're good, our work of faith, our labor of love. I know the Greek verb there. It means to stress, to muscle, to love. My work of faith means that you can see my salvation. Yep. Yep. But it's on a solid theological understanding. Remember, I believe if we want to see God work, we can do all the things you guys want to do. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's awesome. Plug in. Work out. Labor at it. But if you want to see God work, And do exceedingly abundantly. As he says in verse 20 of chapter 3. We need to focus our prayers. We need to get on this. We need to get to this. We need to get on to praying always for all of the saints. Like he says in chapter 6. It shouldn't be a cursory thing. Why do we have a prayer calendar? Better yet, why do we have prayer calendars left? That's praying for the saints. We pray for all the saints all the time with a focus on the spiritual things. And you know what? Casserock, that's been lacking. That's been lacking. I want you to think about it. When you ask someone to pray for something for you, how many times is it based on the eternals? How many times is it based on the temporals? I want you guys to pray that I will be bold in my speech. I want you to pray that I'll increase in my knowledge. I want you to pray that I'll grow in my wisdom. I want you to pray that I'll grow in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Listen, if I lose the right eye, I can be a pirate pastor. I've already got this thing planned. And it costs me half as much for cataract surgery. Being a good steward of what God's given me. Let me ask you a question Are you sensitive to the spiritual needs of your spouse? Are you sensitive to the spiritual needs of your children? Your neighbors? Co-workers? People that you study Bible with? Are you sensitive to their spiritual needs? Are you sensitive to the spiritual need of the person sitting next to you? How about your Friends? Are you sensitive to them? Let me ask you a question. What believer do you know that has this battle whipped? You know what's weird? I am pretty sure I'm sensitive to the spiritual needs of everybody in this room. Probably more intimately than you would like for me to be. I ain't saying that boasting. I'm just saying I've been around for a while. The spiritual needs haven't changed from the writing of the letter to the Ephesians to today. Still the same. And you know what I know? Nobody has whipped this battle. After all the armor that you see in Ephesians 6, the apostle Paul says, "Pray always for all the saints. Think about that. You've got all these resources. And you need to what? Pray. For all of the saints. We need to realize. That. These divine resources. A necessary part. We need is to be holding each other in prayer. Every one of us. Let me give you some text. I want you to hold this one. Because I'll come back to it. But I'll give you some others. First of all, I want to start with <clears throat> Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. The New American Standard Translation is devote yourselves to prayer. Some of your translations may say continue. Devote yourself to prayer. Luke chapter 21. 21 verse 36. But keep on the alert at all times. Praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of God. You know what he's speaking of there? His return. Why? It will get ugly before it gets better. It will get uglier than it is now before it gets better. Of course, first Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Pray without ceasings. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Continue diligently in prayer. One that many of us know Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. But through prayer and supplication, make your request known to, to God. Now I want to go back to the Colossians text. I want you to think, I want you to jettison what you think you know about prayer. And I want you to look and see what the scriptures tell you about prayer. Prayer isn't doing... Uh, um, Throwing things up. Grandma, I need a new bike. That ain't what prayer is. Chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert with an attitude of thanksgiving. Okay, the word devote there and or continue. Interesting word. Karatareo. Karatareo. Okay. It is sometimes translated uh, steadfast. It is sometimes devoted. It is sometimes continue, persevere, endure. Okay? Let me give you another cross-reference to it. it. comes out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 27. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured... There's another time that it's used. He endured as seeing him who is unseen. Who's he talking about there? Moses, bringing a bunch of complainers out of Egypt. Moses endured. It's karateros, okay, there. And it literally means be strong. He was strong. And him who he did not see. He was strong in his prayer. Now, what's really cool about the Colossians text, it's kos karateo. okay? And everybody's like, well, I'm thrilled out of my gourd. Okay. Let me tell you something. This is your Greek study for the day. Your Greek lesson. Any time that you put a preposition at the beginning of a Greek word, you intensify that word. Kos is a preposition. Keratereo is devoted. And or strong. Or firm. It's, it's sort of like if Terry was going to translate it, hang in there with endurance in your prayers don 't stop, I prayed for a man for ten years every day, and the Lord grace me with baptism i prayed praying for a man now for twenty twenty two years I think right in there twenty two twenty three years twenty two years haven 't seen him in nineteen, and God brought him into my life this week. He was having some problems I told him I was still praying for him, of course, he wanted to tell me he was saved, and I said no you're not <laughs> Well, how do you know? <laughs> Have you looked in a mirror? You just don't look saved, bud. You're worried about everything that's going on in the world, and how in the world can you be saved if God, the creator of the world, is driving the bus? I want you to think about your prayers completely different when you leave here. I want you to be strong in your prayers. I want you to be strengthened in your prayers. The Apostle Paul prayed to God, the creator of existence. And when he prayed, he prayed with boldness and confidence. Listen, prayer... I had this conversation with a young lady yesterday. Prayer is not a God-consciousness. Okay? Easy come, easy go. I was thinking about it, but I'm not so much thinking about it. That is not what prayer is. It is strong. It is enduring. It is persevering. That's what prayer is. Let me ask you a question. Every one of you. What is the passion in your prayer? Is there any passion in your prayer? Do you have passion when you go to the Father? Have you ever prayed hard enough to cry? Jesus did. And Jesus knew what was going on. Two great parables I'll share with you on this passion. Out of Luke's Gospel. Two chapters of chapter 11 and chapter 18. I will start now in chapter 11, verse 5 through 13. How come my Bible didn't open up right to it? I guess I didn't pray hard enough. There, There it is. He was hiding. Beginning in verse 5. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. First thing I ask is why you want to eat bread at midnight. No. Okay, here's what he said. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey. And I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door is already shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Ain't it true? Sit out there and ring the doorbell. I need bread. I ain't giving you any. Ring the bell. I need bread. You're not getting a memo. I ain't going to bring it out. Ring the bell. I need bread. Eventually you're going to say, go away. So I say to you, how familiar is this? I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you, seek, and you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it is open. Now suppose one of your fathers, one of your fathers asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he asked for an egg, he would not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Did you see that? There ain't a person in here right now that knows that has not heard, Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be opened. Right? See, he answers prayers. Read it in its context. You stand at the door and knock. And you keep knocking, you keep knocking, you keep knocking. That's enduring prayer. That is strong prayer. That is persevering prayer. Luke 18, verse 1. Now, he's telling them a parable to show that at all times, they ought to pray and not lose heart. Okay? Saying, in a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear the God and did not respect man. There was a widow in the city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while, he was unwilling But afterward, he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God, nor respect man, yet, because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice For his elect who cry to him day and night. And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. That's what the Lord's teaching us. We throw a prayer up. Well, I didn't get an answer. It must not be working. Really? Do you understand the battle that you're in? How can he tell me this is the spiritual armor you need to wear? And when you get this thing all girded up for you and get it all ready and you got the sword of truth, you know what the Bible says, you better be praying because it's going to go downhill from there. And you better be persevering. You have to keep it up. Let me tell you something. A very godly woman taught me how to pray a long time ago she gave me a notebook of psalms that are used as prayers and it deals with everything you can dream of and we went through she individually had gone through the book of psalms and says well you can pray this you can pray this you can pray this you can pray this i've run into three people now in the last about a year and a half they've all written books on how to pray the scriptures and i'm like I learned that in the 80s. That's crazy. But I do know this prayer is a struggle. Let me ask you a question Would you struggle in prayer for a lost soul? Not that, not, be careful what you answer me. I'm talking of getting down and wearing your knees out. Weeping day in and day out. Struggling for the salvation of this person. Now I'm going to ask you this. Why won't you do it for all the saints? You wonder why the spiritual condition of the church is like it is? We're not struggling in prayer for one another. Too many people that take the name of Christ look at God as some kind of cosmic teddy bear that you cuddle with. And yet, C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia said, he's not a tamed lion. Listen, Jacob... Everybody know who Jacob is? Jacob struggled with God. Do you know what? There are times that if you are persistent in your prayer, guess what? You will struggle with God. Jacob said, I will not let go till you bless me. Moses intervening between the wrath of God and Israel. Abraham prayed for Sodom. The widow demanding justice in the parable. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Prayer is combat. But it stops the arrows of the devil. It stops doubt. It stops timidity. Jacob walked with a limp. So he paid for his combat. Because he wrestled with God. He wrestled with God. That God changed his name. Israel. He who struggles with God. Listen. I remember R.C. Sproul teaching on prayer one time down in the springs. And I'll never forget the statement. Prayer is not a consumer product. It's not something you go get off the shelf. You have to be aware of the spirit, your spiritual around you. You need to be aware of the brothers and sisters who are around you. You see, brothers and sisters, listen, have you ever had somebody ask, well, do you think they were saved? You know what? If that happens at the point of their death, then you were neglectful. You should have been wrestling for their soul. Wrestle for the saints that aren't faithful. Wrestle for them. God, break them. Use me if you have to. Jeremiah, one of my favorites. I like Jeremiah. When everybody says, Terry, your church is so small after all these years. What have you accomplished? I am not in prison. Jeremiah prayed for Israel and they put him in prison. And while he was in there, he got more questions than he got answers. And so he has to write a book called Lamentations? When we wrestle with God, I want you to understand something. It will be difficult. That is the essence of a persistent prayer. Now then, do you understand why I said it is of the vital most importance that you have a theological basis to bring your petitions to the Father? You come off of a strong foundation. And I have known people who had absolutely no theology, but that one verse they knew, and they prayed it, they hung on to it. And it was amazing what God did through them. Heard it described one time. Prayer is taking heaven by storm. Let me tell you something. So what if you walk out with a limp? What if I lose an eye? I can tell you this. God honors heroic faith. The whole 11th chapter of Hebrews is the faith hall of fame of people who had heroic faith. And you know what the spiritual gift of faith is? Prayer. Willing to get and wear my knees out in prayer. You and I need, we must storm heaven in continued prayer. By me sharing this with you, guess what? You're responsible. Everybody walks out. Listen, I've seen this in the Apostle Paul. Read him. Just think. It worked. He went with boldness and confidence to the Father off of a solid foundation. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. And it worked. He was strong. He endured. He persevered. That was Paul. That is a prayer warrior. He bowed his knee. And he prayed. Listen, this is the only guy I've ever seen use a spiritual gift in an offensive manner. We made the guy blind. You're like, well, I want that gift. Mess with me. I'll make it so you can't see nothing. And yet, he was a man of fervent prayer. Listen. I'm close. I pray, and I've been praying for every one of you that your prayers would change. Pray based on your theology. Each of us in this room are in a little different places. But I know everybody in this room's got some theology. Now, in the basis of that theology, go. To the Father who is accepting, receiving, anxious to hear from you. With boldness and confidence. And as we saw in Colossians. Devoted prayer. Devoted prayer. And pray for spiritual development. And the spiritual needs of everybody in this church start there. And then you'll find that will break out into people who are in your life who do not know the Lord. And you begin praying in confidence. If God brought them into your life, then you pray for their soul. Robert Mueller was an amazing man of prayer late 1800's. An amazing man. I believe that he is an excellent example of the gift of faith. Uh, he's the one who was, the, they say, was kinda like the founder of uh, the orphanages in London. <clears throat> there wasn't one. What happened was is the plague came in and all of a sudden you had a bunch of orphans. And so he began praying. He never did any fundraisers. Didn't do any stewardship drives. He prayed. He prayed. That the needs of these kids, the housing needed for these kids, everything would be provided. And he prayed. They said, now you got to remember, this is mid-1800s. Right? They said his annual receipts were close to $2 million. Okay? Now, now I don't know what his TV show was. I don't know if he got up there and says, put your hand on the TV screen and I'll bless you. Send me a book. But he prayed. Okay. When he died, he had just enough money to cover his burial. Okay. I want to share that because he had a friend he prayed for for every day for almost 35 years for his salvation. His friend got gravely ill and was preparing to die. Mueller went in to see him And he asked, Mueller says, Are you still praying for me? For my salvation? Mueller said, Yes. And he says, Well, I want to thank you for your perseverance. But I do not want your Jesus. And he died. But you can't say it wasn't for the lack of trying. That's prayer. We are storming heaven in prayer. I will ask you. Don't give up. Don't give up. And if he makes you walk with a limp. Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay. So with that, well, let us pray. Father, I come before You. Thank You for stirring this back in my soul again. I, I beg Your forgiveness. I have neglected what You have already taught me. And yet, Father, I had uh, gotten into a time where it was just almost like vain repetition. I beg Your forgiveness. You showed me early how prayer works you showed me early how important it is and father uh, i kind of leaned way too hard into the written word but i thank you thank you for your perseverance with me i thank you allowed me to see it again and father uh, <laughs> for that fire you've put back in help me lord But Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray that you put a fire in them. Those that ain't even here yet. Father, we will begin praying day and night for the people who are wayward in this fellowship. But Father, those who are coming into our lives who do not know you or are deceived into thinking they do know you. and Father, may it become a passion with us. May it become an obsession with us, a preoccupation with us, to storm heaven on behalf of all the saints. Father, we are not capable of this, so I'm asking for your justice. I'm asking for your power, your provision. But Father, I'm asking that what happens now is so glorifying to you That all will look and see the risen Christ. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name. Amen.